This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We are in Psalm 121. It is a, it's a Psalm of the ascents. It is a group uh, of Psalms that uh, are attributed to them. And uh, it is a a Psalm that deals with, deals with the sovereignty of God in our lives. And I, I love a Psalm that deals with the sovereignty of God in our lives. So it says here, I will lift up my eyes to the hill. I'm sorry. Like the right one? Yes. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes help. See, what he's saying is that my help doesn't come from myself. It comes from somewhere else. There has been in in the decades past, there's been a little bit of an insidious, there's been a little bit of an insidious direction the church is headed. And that direction is a self-help direction. What that means is that the direction the church is headed in is there's been a doctrine out there that teaches that 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 if you if you will focus and place all your uh, efforts into something, it's really what the best way for me to describe it is a self-help doctrine. It's a power of positive thinking doctrine. It's the idea that I bring about the good things that happen in my life. And we know from uh, scripture, especially from James chapter one, that all good and perfect gifts come from heaven and above. And so oftentimes we think that if we do what we're supposed to be doing, we'll bring about the good things that need to go on in our lives and the good things that need, things that need to go on uh, around us and go on for the people around us. Now, the problem with that is this. It's not necessarily true if, if you're in practice of trying to do what God has told you to do. But the, but the issue is the realization from where the good things in life come from. If you bring them about, if they come about because of who you are, if they come about as a natural extension or a natural part of your life, then obviously you don't really need God. And really the whole idea, the insidious part of the lie is that I can do it on my, I can do it on my own and I don't need anybody to include I don't need God. But the truth is that that's not how it works. I join God in the journey he's planned for me. He's the one who sustains everything. He's the one who prepares everything. He's the one who decides the next steps of my life. And when I when I look to see, like the psalm starts out, when I lift up my eyes, meaning I'm looking to see what is coming, what's what God has for us, what's going on out there in the future. When I look to see out there ahead of myself what's happening out there, when that happens, I, how do I look? Do I look inwardly? Do I look into my own heart and mind or do I look, well, am I out there searching for actually where God is and what he's doing? And he, the psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
My help comes from the Lord. That's what he says here. He says, my help comes from, it comes from God. It doesn't come from uh, myself. It doesn't come from inside of me. My help comes from him. Now, is his kingdom inside of me? Yes, but it does not have its origination with me. It does not have its origination with me. It has its origination with him. It has its power with him. And many times in life, we you run you'll run across the the self help Christian or the power of the positive thinking Christian, and they are doing good things. They're doing big things, but many times they're straying away from that relationship with God. Remember the whole purpose of even what we talked about Sunday. The whole purpose of having a relationship with God, the whole purpose of his work in our lives is to allow us to realize how nothing we, how literally nothing we are, we're nothing, and how great he is so that we will we'll recognize what great things he has done for us. We'll realize how wonderful his work has been for us. It says, he says here, he will not allow your foot to be moved, meaning once you're placed in a place where he's got you, he's not going to allow your foot to slip. Now, for me as a football player, that was always important. And as an offensive lineman, when you were trying to move people out of the way, it was always important to have good footing. And boy, I remember sometimes, I remember one time we went down when I played playing at Jeff Davis and we went down to play in Mobile uh, right after a hurricane. And that field looked just looked like a mushy swamp. And I realized I'm never going to push anybody because every step I take, the ground gives away. That's not the case with God. When God places you in a situation and puts you in a place where um, he wants you to be, when that happens, when that happens, your foot doesn't move. You do not slip. And notice who puts me there. God puts me there. And, and you say, Chad, you talk about this all the time. I know because our natural instinct is to think, that the world revolves around us. We thought for thousands of years that the whole universe revolved around the earth. We think that everything revolves around who we are. That's that that you're born that way. You're born and everybody's taking care of every one of your needs. And all you got to do is whimper a cry and you get what you want. And and it's a hard process from going from that to to the place where we realize that <clears throat> nothing revolves around me. And life's not about me. It's about other things. It's about God. It's not about me. He says, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keep you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber. What he's saying is that, listen, God is handling everything all the time. He is moving toward the future that he is already in. He is moving us toward the future that he's all that that he's already in. Remember, he he lives outside of time, so he's the same yesterday because he's here today and there tomorrow, all at the same place for him. He is timeless. He is beyond time. So he doesn't sleep or slumber. He is in the midst of his creation and all of it at all times. He's in the midst of it, so he's not sleeping on where he's got you headed. He's not sleeping on where he's got us as a church headed. He's not sleeping on um, where life is going. He, he's not sleeping on that. He is preparing. He is putting in place way ahead of us the things that are coming down the road for our lives. 
He's putting those things ahead of, uh, ahead of us. He says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your, is your shade at your right hand. Notice, God's the one who takes care of me, not anyone else, not myself. God takes care of me. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. I was talking to somebody last night as a former parishioner, and they were asking me about the revelation, and they talked about how all, they, all the friends that they talked to are so worried about the future and worried about the things that are going on and scared and not sure about what's going to happen. And I'm sitting there as I'm listening to that, and I understand where it comes from. I was sitting there, I'm not, I like, I'm excited about the future because the future is all about uh, me being with God. I don't have to struggle through the days I have today. I, I don't have to deal with all the issues of life. And not that I don't want to deal with the issues of life because they're given to me by God for a purpose and, and for a reason and for my best. But And I approach them with excitement and I go after them each and every day. But And I try to figure out where God's at in the midst of them. But, but his future is secure and it's already been decided. It's already been worked out. And it doesn't matter who comes to power. It doesn't matter who's in position of authority. It doesn't matter really who make, who thinks they're making decisions. Those things are ancillary to the plan of God. God's plan, you know, man makes plans, but God orders the future. So you can make all the plans you want to. You can worry about what's going to happen down the road. You can say, I'm not sure this is going to, we're, we're, we're heading toward disaster. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're not. If we're heading toward disaster, it'll be to the glory of God. If we're heading toward uh, triumph, it'll be to the glory of God. If we're heading toward just the normal life that we have every each and every day, it should be to the glory of God, shouldn't it? If, 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 if this is true, the Lord is my keeper, does he keep you? Or do you think you keep yourself? Do you think you're running the show? I, I've got two chihuahuas that live in my house. They sleep all day. They don't really have to worry about anything. They eat uh, food. We give them food. We got one of them that's real skinny, and she's got food sitting over her all the time. She's got all she wants, and she, if she wants it, she can eat it. She don't. The house is heated and cooled. They get petted on and loved on all the time. And And you know what? Sometimes I think they're in charge. It's ridiculous. They're not in charge. I'm in charge. Why? Because I provide everything for them. I'm in charge. But they think they are. Sometimes you think you're in charge. Did you know that? Sometimes you think you're in charge and you're not. The Lord is your keeper. You're not in charge. He's taking care of. He's handling. And he's revealing it to you, not because he has to, but because he loves you. He, he's revealing it to you because he's got purpose in it. He's revealing it to you because he wants you to see him at work around you. That's why he's revealing it to you, not because he thinks you do a really good job and he wants you to take over one day of running the universe. That's not how it's going to work. It's not how it's ever going to work, okay? And the truth is that he's been protecting, taking care of, feeding you, clothing you, making sure you had a place to be and a place to go and a place to be a part of life. He's been doing that since, well, <clears throat> he's been preparing that since way before you were ever born. So probably need to focus on him and not as much on us and get away from the childish thinking that somehow we're in control because we're not. He said, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. I mean, he provides the shade from the sun. He even does make sure, he even makes sure the things that you don't even realize that you need are being done. He says, the sun shall not uh, strike you by day nor the moon by night. No, he's handling it. 
He's like a mother that's taking care of her little baby in, in, in the cradle. He Every need's being met. All the time, he's meeting all your needs, all the time. And he's sustaining your life in the midst of all that, all the time. And you're not. You're not. What you're invited to do is to join him in living the life he's prepared for you and to recognize him in the midst of it. He's desirous of that. You're made to glorify God, and that means to join him in his work and show that he's a God who is who, who is who is handling life and who has provided hope and, and grace and the goodness of, of life. He said, the Lord shall pre- preserve us from, eat, from all evil, meaning he's going he's gonna to take care of us from the things that you are worried about. And that's the thing the lady I was talking to last night about the revelations worried about. He's going he's gonna to preserve us in all evil. By the way, the one thing that needs to be understood is if you want to actually have a right view of the world you live in, if you want to have a, a, a good view of how things are actually working out, if you want that, you need to allow Scripture to shed light on your life. Oftentimes we take our lives to scripture and we try to place our lives in scripture and see what God, what we can figure out, what we want God to say to our lives so that we're okay. That's what we do. We have a trouble, we go to the word of God and we try to find a scripture that makes us feel good. Maybe a meme that has some Bible verses in it and we read it and then we feel good about ourselves because we found some scripture to apply to today. For God's life, we the truth is that you need to spend time in God's Word regularly, all the time, so that Scripture sheds light on your life, so that God's eternal truths are actually working out in your life. And when that happens, you realize that God has a intricate plan for the future. If you're worried about the world, God's got an intricate plan for the future. But you know what? You probably ought to uh, be more focused on his plan for you in that world. And he has one. And it involves him leading, sustaining, being what he needs to be in your life. He says, he shall preserve your soul. Notice, not your body, your soul. He shall preserve your soul. Why? Because he says in scripture, he says regularly, your soul is hath, hath I loved. I love your heart, not your heart. Your heart and your mind, your intellect, and your passion. I love the true you, who you really are. The person, he says, I love the person that is on your inside. I love you. And he does. He And you know what else? This is a neat, neat thing. He actually likes you too. You don't like yourself a lot of times, and a lot of people don't like you. But the truth is that God not only loves you, and you say, well, he's got to love me because he's God. No, he really genuinely likes you. He, he wants to be with you. He desires to be a part of who you are. God not only loves us, sometimes more importantly, he likes us. He likes us for who we are. He doesn't like us for our sinfulness, but he likes us, our soul, our unique personality, our unique who we are, our unique Chad or unique Renee or unique Diane out there. He likes who we are. He says, he shall, he shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. That's your daily going in life, just coming and going. He's going to preserve your daily coming and going. He's going to take care of those things. That's what he's saying. I'm taking care of those things. I'm handling them. He says, from this time forth and forevermore. Now, that's everlasting. That's not eternal. That's the idea of everlasting, which means while I'm here on this earth, in the midst of everything that's going on, 
He's going to take care of my comings and goings, and he's going to do it from this time to, to time evermore. He's going to do it from now on. He's going to be taking care of me. And so I need to focus on, I need to focus on him, what he's doing around me. It's an easy message. It, it is the continual message of Scripture. God's in charge. God's in control. He's sovereign. We're broken and sinful, yet he loves us. He loves us. And he loves us with an eternal, everlasting love, both everlasting and eternal. And that love has made provision for us. And that provision provides for our sin in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That provision provides for our life each and every day because he has purpose and meaning for us because we're made to glorify him. And in being made to glorify him, we're proof that a creature that is broken and irredeemable can not only be redeemed, but can be made back into his image and his likeness and can uh, glorify him by doing things by faith because we trust him. We do what he says. We do what he leads us to do. We walk in his faith and in, in his faithfulness to us. And we are faithful to him because we, we trust him. And in the midst of that, we get his very best. And that is going on and has been going on since he said, let there be light. And it is going to be going on until the millennial kingdom and way past that. But as far as we can see into the future, it's going to be going on and it's going to continue to be going on. He has a place for us. He has a time for us. He has a season for us. And there's a season for everything. And as we go through the seasons, as we know the time periods that we live in, as we walk in those things, he, he guides us and he loves us and he holds on to us. And, and that's where life is found. That's where the goodness and the peace and the hope come from. And there's really not any way to get around it. And he says, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and he will take care of them. He handles them. That's what he does. He handles them. Today, I would ask that that's what you would do. You would do that with your daily life. And every adventure, even though we don't like change because we like to get comfortable where we're at, we're like my chihuahuas. They like to lay in the same place and do the same thing each and every day. But God's not going to do that because he's going to he's going to lead us into new adventures. He's going to he's going to he's going to be like Shrek and Donkey. We have the greatest of adventures and we are we're going to have great adventures together and we're going to have great adventures with him. And that's great. That's good times. Good times now to good times in the past. Good times to come because he is the author of time. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.